<laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Rajiv Nathan and Martin McGovern. We are the founders of Idea Lemon, and that was just the epic song Defying Gravity from the Wicked soundtrack. Why are we listening to that? Well, we're right now in the car driving through Wyoming because we are on an epic road trip taking our Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast monstrous proportions. around America talking to entrepreneurs, musicians, and artists about dope-ass shit. The coolest. <laughs> uh, we partnered up with an awesome company that we love called Under 30 Experiences. They're a fucking cool travel company. I just dropped the F-bomb in you the intro. You did, here. already. <laughs> this is going to get real. We're in a car. We're traversing the country. So if you guys have listened to season one of the podcast, we had some really good conversations. We sit down with different types of people, like, again, entrepreneurs, musicians, and, act, and artists, and we have really interesting conversations about the important questions that always cross our minds but never really get talked about. We open up like a beautiful spring flower. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is season two. We're on the road. Again, we're interviewing people around the country as we go. Uh, we've we're going to some kick-ass places. We've already been to Kansas City. We just left Denver this morning, driving through Wyoming right now. Going to be to the Grand Tetons. Grand Tetons. Those Tetons. Tetons. We'll be in Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, LA, more places along the way. It's about a six-week trip, September 8th through, or excuse me, August 8th through about September 20th. Uh, again, we partnered with the awesome company Under 30 Experiences. If you don't know them, check them out. They're a really cool travel company that takes like-minded people, young adults who want to travel and see the world, get out of your office and meet kick-ass people and do cool-ass things in different countries. They take you guys on really affordable trips. Martin and I have both been on two of their trips. I've been to Costa Rica and Belize. Martin has been to... Iceland and Belize. We shared a room in Belize. It was it was pretty... It, it was magical. <laughs> it was magical. Um, these trips have legit changed our lives, though. Uh, Matt Wilson, the founder, and Jared O'Toole, the founder of this company, they've become good friends of ours, so it was really a no-brainer to partner up with them on this road trip because this is kind of all about travel and doing what you love, and travel is something that we love. Uh, I'm meeting like-minded people. If you want to get out and see the world, under30experiences.com is the place to go. And use promo code IDEALEMON, all one word. Again, promo code IDEALEMON to get $100 off your booking. Shout out to Matt Wilson, Jared O'Toole, and the Under 30 Experiences crew for hooking our audience up with that. So again, under30experiences.com, use promo code IDEALEMON, and get your ass off your couch and see the world. All right. Anyway, let's dive into the podcast now. We're basically going to be releasing these episodes as on the fly as we can as we go through these different cities, and that's what's going to make up season two. So episode one of season two, we were in Denver, and we sat down with Adam Griffin, who actually, coincidentally enough, is part leader of an upcoming Under 30 Experiences trip in Costa Rica. He's going to lead the fitness trip in Manuel Antonio, I believe, in November. So if you want to get your workout on on a beach and you know drink coconuts water straight out of the coconuts, go to that Costa Rica trip. Just drink a couple coconuts. Adam Griffin is the founder of a company called BodyFit. He's also a director at a co-working space called Galvanize in Denver. Really cool guy. He's authored a book called The Guy at the Bar. Had some really interesting life experiences. He unfortunately lost his son, his firstborn son, last year. So he's been through some ups and downs. But the way that he's prevailed through everything is really fantastic. We had a really just real conversation with him. And the topic was 
how do you shape your reality? Something that I think really affects us all. I don't know if we all think about it all the time in terms of how do you shape your reality, but everything that we do every day is an effort, subconsciously or not, in how we're defining the world that we live in. So have a good listen in here, and we'll check you at the end of the show. This is episode one of season two, Discover Your Inner Awesome. How do you shape your reality with founder of BodyFit, author of Guy at the Bar, Adam Griffin. Let's Get have a listen it. in. That's long. My reality right now is lots of change since we're getting ready to pack up the fam and move from uh, Denver to Kansas City. So my reality is juggling a lot of pieces and not thinking about a whole lot else. But um, but yeah, I mean, my in general, my reality is very... Uh, we're in a really good spot right now. We got our little four month old girl at home and um, excited for exploring a city that we've both been apart from for a decade now and um, seeing how much that, that place has changed. That place being Kansas City, like I mentioned. And uh, obviously a little bit sad to leave Denver because we have no reason to, to leave here other than getting back home close to fam and friends. But, um, but yeah, just to, in general, excited for, for new adventures. So what I like is that so you, you started, you're like, there's, your reality is that there's a lot of change, but you had a very like clear and positive outlook about it. Cause I think for a lot of people, change is like crazy, sure. <laughs> scary, sure. terrifying, paralyzing. Yeah. Sure. Sorts of different things. Um, but I think a lot of that too, though, is what's the reason for the change. And you, you mentioned it's basically to get more, uh, or to get closer to family and get like, sure. more in touch with kind of your roots almost. Yeah. And I think that's something that's important for a lot of people is understanding like why is the change happening in the first place? Because a lot of times what causes that fear of the change is like, is it happening for a negative reason? So on the one hand, it's no, this is good. It's like I'm getting more in touch with family. Sure. You could theoretically be like, oh my God, I'm leaving everything I know. Yeah. But it's like, no, here's what I'm going to versus here's what I'm leaving. Yeah, totally. And I, I don't, you know, there's a question that I probably haven't pondered enough in my life, which is why do people handle change differently? Um, and I'm a ponderer, so I'm surprised I haven't spent much time <laughs> on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, some people, or I think everyone has a um, a general tendency towards one or the other. Like people either love change and thrive on it or they hate it and they freak out. Um, I definitely fall into the former. Like I, I love change. I would go bonkers without it. I'm actually amazed we've made it six years in Denver, but that's just a testament (laughs) to how incredible this place is more than anything. Um, so, I mean, to me, like if you're not, you know, we're, we're one day closer to death every day, regardless of who we are. And so if we're not, um, continually like learning and having new experiences, that's the scary part to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people find it scary to, to uproot from what they know, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know why people have those different, uh, d- different ideas, but yeah. I think it, it's probably seeds from a young age and maybe even some things they're just inherently born with. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you can talk yourself into being excited about change is, is the cool thing. Um, just because you are, 
even for those people that uh, that find it scary, um, you know, our lives live between our ears, and so we can very intentionally talk ourselves into being excited about anything we want to. Yeah. So if, <laughs> if we want to be excited about something, we can get there. Yeah. Well, that's what I like, though. It's the mindset, right? Like, I think um, so. Like recently, right? So Martin left his full time job a couple months ago, ish, right? Yeah. So. Um, Leading up to that, like it wasn't until he was like, all right, I'm leaving yeah. that everything changed for him, like personality wise and mindset wise. Because prior to that, I mean, you were pretty stuck mentally and everything like that. Well, there were different things that it sort of, I, I feel like, so you, you mentioned sort of it's your mindset and you can change your mindset to a point, right? So if you're someone who fears change or someone who craves change, you can convince yourself that you do or don't to the opposite direction, only to a point, though, I think. Because I think at, a, at, at some, somewhere in there, you're going to realize that um, you're not actually living the way that you physically or mentally want to live. Sure. And so if you're someone who does crave change and likes traveling the world, right, and let's say you settle down with someone who doesn't like to travel the world, yep. and you'll say, well, that's fine, that's the life I've chosen, I'll be fine with that forever, well, in, in 20 years, that's probably going to pop back up yep. and and show itself in other ways. And I think um, in the case of that job, I'm someone who likes to be going after new ideas, not doing the same thing every day. And I could convince myself as much as I wanted that, no, having a safe and secure job is what I actually want. But at the end of the day, it's really not. Yeah. What I really want to be doing is out searching new ideas and exploring things and testing things and yeah that wasn't happening so well and but part of that too is you know while you, you know, didn't really like what you were you know what you were doing there uh to what adam what you were saying about like kind of you can tell yourself what you want to tell yourself that started to permeate the other avenues of your life as well and like you were not a very pleasant person to be around <laughs> for you know for a handful of months earlier this year um, sorry <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think that's like, that's what's interesting to me is like this idea of, okay, one thing's wrong. So everything must be wrong. Yeah. And that's a matter of like, how much do you choose to magnify oh, one thing versus another? It's totally, I hate this term, but it, it is cancer. It's like, it's like when you stub your toe, the rest of your body's healthy, but all you can think about is how much your toe hurts. It's yeah. the same thing, which is like, to your point. You can only change your mindset like to a degree, which which I think is is true until you change those environmental factors, mm -hmm. which is like the job holding you to a mindset that you know needs to be changed. But as long as that job is there, your mindset probably won't change right. um, to to the degree that it could. And the same thing with like who you who you surround yourself with. Like you might know that you want to be like a very optimistic, positive person. But if your boyfriend or girlfriend is super negative, you surround yourself with really negative friends, your coworkers are all negative. Like you can only fight that fight for so long until eventually, if you want to be the person you want to be, you've got to choose not only the thoughts passing between your ears, but the the people and circumstances that you surround yourself with. Absolutely. Yeah. So we were just, so we just taught a workshop last week in Chicago about like, you know, we basically how to kick ass at your life and career. Uh, we call it the art of awesome. And nice. like the second tenet of the art of awesome is three tenets um, is 
So it's inward, outward, and forward. Outward meaning like who do you surround yourself with and what's your environment. And so much of what we harped on in that, because it's the same, you know, we believe in that is like if you're meeting up with people every night, whatever it is, who are complaining about their job, you might even like your job, sure. but you're going to find ways to cloud how well, much you, you like you it. You want to fit in. So exactly. You find things to complain about. Exactly. You'll find that. ways. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I mean, misery loves company, right? But at the same time, so we were, we, we got into a really in-depth conversation with one person in particular after the workshop ended because she was really like down about her job and she's like borderline ready to quit and all this stuff. And we were talking to her about like, okay, yes, this sucks, but you can't let that be like this representation of who you are, wherever you go. Cause I was like, I can tell when you're walking into this room that yeah. something's bothering you yeah. and you've got to be able to, and it's tough to just say, you've got to be able to do it, but you've got to think about how you can walk into this room and basically like start fresh yeah. and not bring the baggage with you. I think what I said to her, I was like, negative energy loves negative energy. Like, yeah. Way more than like positive energy loves positive energy, but negative energy loves negative energy way more. Yeah. And so much of that is like, okay, who do you live with? Who are you hanging out with regularly? Are these people doing the things that you want to do or are they complaining? All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's weird too, because as great as feeling positive and happy and productive feels, feeling negative does have a weird, good feeling to it for people that I think doesn't really get talked about. Like so I had a, I had a roommate at one point who actually enjoyed being like negative. <laughs> they, they, it was something like, and I, I think the best example I can come up with this is uh curb your enthusiasm. Sure. Uh, someone like I heard in maybe a Jerry Seinfeld interview or something. Uh, they were talking about something on the set and like he, Larry David's freaking out. And someone, one of the coffee runners is like, why do you guys, why don't you just let things go? Like, not everything matters so much. And he, like, flips out. And he's like, well, then where's the comedy? I lose all the comedy if I let things go. And he's like, if I let it go, then it's not funny. And he like, starts doing his, like, freak out. And she's like, oh, Jesus, they let it go. But, like, that's, like, some people kind of crave that. And, well, and those are the people you probably want to stay away from. Yeah. I, like, we're incredibly capable at justifying things. And so I think... <laughs> why a lot of people attach to that. There are the, the comedic types that like genuinely find some sort of comedic relief in the shittier parts of life, right? Um, and in some of that mundane stuff. But I think a lot of us, we try to, and we all do it, we try to like justify feelings we have. So it's like, I get, you know, someone pisses you off at a class or at work or whatever it is, we get those feelings of like anger or resentment that bubble up. And so to make us feel better about feeling that like that, we justify it to ourselves. So we extrapolate it out into why we're actually justified in being angry about it. Mm -hmm. So like this person pissed me off. You get those feelings of anger, the kind of fight or flight feeling. And then how do we resolve this in our minds other than I'm just being mad? Well, I can either let it go or I can spell out all the reasons why I justify that this is right and I'm in the right yeah. and they're in the wrong. And we feel better about that because we've just justified this right. feeling of anger, whatever it is that we have. Yeah. And that's where the, I think the gratification comes in. We're like, okay, figured it out. Justified why <laughs> I'm wrong or why I'm mad at that person and whatever. Yeah, and especially because emotions bring out other emotions too. So like if you get really angry or whatever it is, it's going to start bringing in things from that aren't even related to that situation. Oh, sure. To exempt, like, and so, like, 
you know, someone cuts you off in traffic and suddenly you're burning with anger and you're like, I shouldn't be this mad. Yeah. Why am I why am I this mad? And some people will take that moment and step back and <laughs> reflect and calm down. And other people will say, I'm mad about this person, even though it's everything else in their life that they're mm -hmm. upset about. And they'll just focus everything like that woman who blew up at McDonald's. And just started like throwing the register around and just totally. craziness. But the, the reason like, behind the reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But even like on like a less overt level than that. So I remember we talked about this whenever we were at like a Starbucks a few months back. Uh, when you were one Starbucks a few months back. <laughs> <laughs> the Starbucks. When you were in Go your on. when you were in your not so pleasant to be around phase, which was like juxtaposed against me being like, life is awesome. So it was like this it was this funny uh, you know juxtaposition but um it's a roadrunner and coyote yeah exactly but what i was pointing out to you is i was like it even goes down to like the minute layers of okay so like let's say you've had a bad day at work okay or you're having a bad day at work you go to the starbucks your brow's a little bit more furrowed so now the person at the register isn't smiling back to you and then oh. that like continues to feed and the then like okay someone like bumps your shoulder right so yeah. all these little things like even and it's like kind of like law of attraction at that point but that's what it just stacks and stacks and stacks because when you like when one thing's wrong, like it starts to permeate in so many other ways. But then conversely, if things are going well, like you're gonna walk into that Starbucks like grinning from ear to ear, and the person's like, How the hell are you? Yeah. You're like, I'm great, how are you? So yeah. you're saying the shirt I bought that says go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> <Bad thing> <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen the documentary I Am? No. No. Alright, so you gotta watch it for one. And so I'm going to draw this story out too much because I always do. <laughs> but long story short, it's written by um, the guy that directed all of the, um, all of the, uh, God, what are they called? The um, movies, all the stupid movies from the 90s with all the pets, like Pet Detective and all that. Ace Ventura, okay. all that. Oh. It's already took forever. Tom, <laughs> Tom Shadyac. Oh, okay. Anyways, long story short, he does this thing on just kind of life in general. I don't want to go into that. But one of the things they did was they did this test where um, they have these little, like, receptors that can measure energy, like literal energy being transferred. And so um, they put them just in a cup of yogurt. And it makes a lot more sense if you watch the documentary. And then they set it like over here. Like it'd be like if we're conversing right here and there's a cup of yogurt in the middle with some energy things in it that measure any sort of energy coming out of the yogurt. And um, they did this test where you, we would be conversing like normal and then something would be brought up to make one of us really angry. So they'd have you think about like, your lawyer and some recent legal allegations or something or like a divorce or whatever it is. Something so very Something that would clearly change your energy. And literally the moment you would start thinking about it, the, <laughs> the yogurt energy like re reception would go off the charts and their whole, they're, they're not, it's nothing like fluffy or anything. They don't fully understand the science but there's clear energy that is put off by you and I yeah. based on our current state, right? And that's all that they were trying to show is that there is a literal energy being put off by us, not just like some fluffy whatever. But that, to your point about like yeah. 
when you go up to the register and you have a whatever bad look on your face, it affects the guy in front of you, but it's literally affecting the energy of the yeah. people surrounding you, which is kind of fascinating. It's making the almond milk going into your coffee go off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But, but what we're saying with someone who has a dog who's really energetic, and she was saying the same thing. She's like, it's, it's I don't know, she's, she didn't, I'm trying to think exactly how she put it, but basically saying, the way you She's show like it's all yourself about the energy, the energy yeah, like or like the other dog's energy, it's it's all about emotions. And if you come in with certain emotions, the dog just completely reflects whatever emotions you bring into that yeah. room. And if you're happy, the dog's happy. If you're sad, the dog's going to go over sure. the corner. Yeah. Sure. It's kind of crazy. Well, and what's actually, what's funny about, so the, we talked about that, and then she was like, so we, we continued to walk um, with the dog. We were on the street, and... You know, this one woman when we walked past, she like freaked out momentarily. She's like, dog. Like, she's obviously like, doesn't like dogs. The dog, his name is Galileo. Galileo did not really notice or anything, but we kind of kept walking. We we're laughing about how the woman freaked out. And our friend, she was like, I love how people will be like, I don't like dogs because I had a bad experience once. And then she's like, I've had hundreds of bad experiences with humans. This mean, I don't like humans. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so true. Yeah. And well, and that's like, do you choose to weigh things as equal or not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I guess people have a higher standing than dogs, but yeah. but I think it's like it's it's funny because yeah, we're so easy to like write in people. one category. It's like, well, I could like potentially like I don't have to deal with that if I don't have to deal with that, so I'm just going to write it off. Yeah. Versus people. Sure. Every day you have to deal with people whether you like it or not. Sure. <laughs> or you can go to Walden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, I love stoicism. I talk about it a lot, but in the, in the Stoics have this idea of um, I don't know if you guys read much on stoicism, but they have this idea of your own tranquility, and they don't mean tranquility like laying on a beach relaxing. They mean tranquility like your your physical state, just like at peace, like with everything around you, and their whole. Really, what almost all of Stoicism is about is not disrupting that tranquility. And so they for people that do get like, you know, really bummed out from a bad conversation at work or like let an argument with a friend like ruin their next week or whatever, mm-hmm. people that struggle with their quote unquote tranquility being disrupted, they have like a lot of really good tactics for just managing that. Um, some some of the best stuff you could read. but um, yeah, that's whole, their whole thing is, you know, happiness in life is not dictated by like this or that. It's dictated dictated by how well you can control your tranquility. Yeah, well, because I mean, I think we've mentioned this before, but what's interesting about existence, let's call it, is that nothing actually does exist. It's just my perception of what's happening versus your perception yeah. of what's happening, right? Yeah. Like this MacBook that's not working. <laughs> And I see it like two, two MacBooks, right? Two MacBooks that aren't working, and we're on a voice <laughs> good, memo good app. Good job, right? Steve. Right? There is my perception of it, even just physically looking at it, but as well as like my own thoughts about it versus yours. Like, sure. and then Martin's like Martin probably inside was like freaking out. This computer's not working. <laughs> Surprisingly, you you're a very calm, going back to energy. You're a very calm person, so I was not freaking yeah. out. Yeah. Like okay. There you go. I don't know how that <laughs> yeah. how that worked out. But, I mean, that's, but that's part of it too, right? It's like even in something like this, it doesn't have to be like we're going out with coworkers after work who are all complaining about the job. It's even down to that level of 
something's going kind of wrong. You're like, whatever. Well, it doesn't yeah, matter. Sure. <laughs> this is like the eighth room we've tried in this building. <laughs> Legitimately, it might be. We nailed it, though. Got the iPhone in the basement conference room, nailed it. Yeah. yeah. I think another thing, too, is um, in terms of like, you know, how are you going to, are you going to view this terribly versus are you going to let it roll off your shoulder or deal with the emotion and let it, and, you know, move on is, um, and I think that we, this came up on the episode with Carla. Um, how much is going on in your life? Because if there's not a whole lot, you're going to place a lot of emphasis on every little detail. Sure. But if you have, like in your case, right, you're involved in three businesses right now. Yeah. If some minute thing goes wrong in one, I'm assuming you don't spend half your day obsessing over that one little thing. Right. You're like, I have two other things I need to attend to and a family. Yeah. Um, but... What it allows you to, I think, approach these things better because you have you approach it with more rationality and less uh, less emotion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you, the vast majority of things in life, if not everything, to a degree, you have to default to like pragmatism and logic, or else you drive yourself bonkers. It's amazing how few things are resolved with pragmatism and logic. Though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but I felt like. I feel like the the older I get, the more logic wins out, and it helps navigate life so much easier. Like yeah. it's you know, I could go into so many terrible stories of, of friends and family and whatever, and um, and it you know we try to like justify things emotionally. It's like sometimes you just have to default to logic, whether that's something big or something small, mm -hmm. and. Um, that's a lot of people that comes off as cold, but it's like, I don't, I don't view it as cold at all. It's, um, you know, if we're to navigate this world with any sort of clarity, like running it with our emotions, isn't going to do the trick, but. So I am that kind of is like what you say about the universe versus the algorithm thing. Oh, oh yeah. So there's a, I think it's Amy Schumer at a sketch where, um, Bill Nye was like, the universe doesn't care about you. And it definitely doesn't care like enough to put a t-shirt in front of you that it <laughs> affirms your day. <laughs> uh, it's like it shows this girl on like uh she's on like a, a soul cycle bike or something, and she's like, you know, I was gonna stop hooking up with my boss who's cheating on his wife, but then like this girl in front of me at the latte at the latte counter had a shirt that said, like, go for it, girl. It's like, I'm just having sex with my boss. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, so good. And so, um, but, like, everyone always kind of says, oh, the universe has a plan, or the universe is, like, I, I think, and, and one of the things I was, I was I thought was funny going through, like, Match.com and stuff, it's like, it's no longer the universe is going to put us together. It's like, oh, the algorithm says it's meant to be. <laughs> like, yeah. You've come up three times on the algorithm yeah. on four different apps. <laughs> So funny. That's that's a hilarious skit. I need to watch that. But um, so true. What's your take then on, so given that we're talking about shaping reality, so I generally am able to keep my sanity by having the overarching mindset that the universe tends to unfold as it should. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps it's the algorithm or the matrix tends to unfold as it should. Yeah. So how do you balance that? And I don't know if you share a similar mindset, but then... If you're saying we have to go through with logic, which I try to go through with logic, but then I can default at the same time to like, well, shit happens, right? Right. How do you balance those two? Hmm. 
That's a good question. Um, you know, I don't know that I actually default to the world unfolding as it should. Um, I don't know that I disagree with it, but I don't know that I think about it all that much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think if anything, we I have a genuine belief that we're all like unbelievably capable of more than we think we are. And whatever level of that we achieve, I think is entirely dictated by whether or not we make it happen um, just through mindset, through the effort we put in, through the people we surround ourselves with. And, um, and so I, the reason I say uh, I, don't, I don't know about the world unfolding as it's supposed to is, um, I guess that's maybe a larger question, but I know I could go, you know, there's a part of me that I know I could just go coast pretty easily and not become the person I, I think I can and should be. Yeah. Um, but there's something in me that's not going to let that happen. And maybe that's part of that. The yeah. world will unfold the way it's supposed to. Right. Have you yeah, always been that way? Um, yeah, I think I, for the most part, I was pretty blessed with, a with a mom and dad that, um, they weren't just like the types that said, Oh, you can do be whatever you want to be. They, they genuinely didn't try to like hold me back from that. Um, and so I think we're so shaped by those first 10, 15 years of our life. Um, that was one of the things that thankfully I've walked away with from, from them. But, um, I'd say it's probably grown even more so as I've gotten older. Cause I, once I got out of college <clears throat> and started really paying attention to how the world operates and whether that's like the, the deeper stuff, like we we're talking about, like, you know, pain or managing your reality or the bigger stuff, like why is Mark Cuban where he is or Steve Jobs? How did he get where yeah. he was? Like paying attention to the, like literally trying to follow a path. You realize like these people we elevate are, the vast majority are not that incredible. And I think that's the encouraging part. You do have your incredible people like the Elon Musks of the world that are just at, at a different intelligence level, literally. Mm -hmm. um, but the 99% of the rest of the uber successful people are just, for the most part, normal people that work their asses off and controlled their environment and um, created their own reality and that's really encouraging because I know I'm not all that special, yeah. but I know I've also watched plenty of people take something not that special and do something great with it. So, so that brings up two things for me uh, that I want to ask you about. So first off, uh, you mentioned like first 10, 15 years is really like pivotal essentially on how you're going to become what you're going to become. Yeah. Um, you have a four month old daughter. Yeah. What type of reality do you hope to like, shape for her help bring sure. her into yeah that's an awesome question so i'm actually uh you probably didn't even know this but i'm writing a book that is on this topic um it's a book that's that's written for berkeley that's our daughter's name but it's not like written for a little kid it's really written for for the world in general but it's, it's like an owner's manual for her yeah kind <laughs> of but it's like the big 
what are the, like the big lessons that shape or change the lens that someone grows up and views the world through? Um, but that you can pull out of little lessons that we learn from like when we're a kid. And a simple example is like why coloring outside of the lines is not a bad thing or why like that kid that's sitting alone at the lunch table, you should go sit next to him. These bigger things that like define how you view the world that affect you when you're 25, when you're 35, when you're 45, um, because I do think those those little lessons, whether they're um, taught to us by our parents or our classmates or our teachers or whatever, they they become our truth, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that we're tying back to this, how do you shape your reality? It's like, well, you shape your truth. And a lot of us don't realize until we're older that these beliefs or truths that we've built our lives on were taught told to us by someone else. They were never internalized by our own truth um and so yeah that's what that that book's going to be on but um just the bigger stuff like you know why why empathy is critical and why you should control the thoughts going in and out of both ears and why um you genuinely can be what you want to be not from a rah rah go get them standpoint but by literally you can create that future for yourself Mm -hmm. um that stuff because I feel like I watch a lot of people who just life is so much harder than it has to be because they have not been able to change those truths quote unquote that they were taught at at a young age Mm -hmm. even little stuff like the little stuff that becomes the big stuff like a little boy or girl being told they're ugly over and over by classmates like that shapes that kid for the rest of their life because they took that as a truth and they've never been able to break that truth. So it affects their confidence, affects everything. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm really trying to, from a writing standpoint, that's the stuff I'm trying to, um, trying to extrapolate into some cohesive or coherent thoughts. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really like what you said earlier too, where, um, we can tell ourselves stories, but we also have to change the environment that we're in. And I think going to, you know, those people who have the really successful people that are just normal guys who shape their environment, normal girls that shape their environment. Um, Cause I remember back in like high school when I was younger, I was a chubby kid. Mm-hmm. And so like that, I remember there was a point in my life where I not only had to just, you know, join football, but hate going every day. I had to change my mindset about, who I was as a person and how to get over that old story, replace it with a new story and move forward from there. And I think that it's really interesting because those first 15 years are huge in setting the course. And I'm sure there's stuff still in me that I don't even know about that drives my decision-making. But um, when you do identify things that you really want to change in your life, you can, as long as you change both the mindset and the environment, you, see that a lot you know, I think in CrossFit and things like that yeah. where people not only change what their workout is but who they're hanging out with how they're eating and they combine all those things totally. into a completely new lifestyle um, I know someone who's been post uh, someone I hung out a lot with in high school who she's just completely revitalized her whole body with just these mindset changes um, and doing a lot of like weightlifting and stuff so now she went from being kind of you know average looking person to like really strong jacked person. It's kind of crazy. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good thought. Um, there's definitely, there's, there's a lot going on. I think for anyone, it has to, um, I think this, this, what I'm about to say carries over into so many minute areas of life that we don't even recognize, but, um, and I hate to use this analogy cause I don't want to like offend anyone cause I've never been there, but like, it's almost like addiction where you have to hit your bottom to be able to say like, I'm going to change this. Yeah. Um, whatever that is like little stuff, like I bit like obsessively bit my fingernails for my entire life. And it was like a year ago, but I, so it's If you backtrack a little bit, I always told my wife, I'm like, I know it's a terrible habit. It's a stress habit. I do it because I've done it forever. And I do it when I get stressed. And I always told her, I'm like, but know that it's a habit and I will hit a point where I will change it and I'll never do it again. And she's like, okay, whatever. She, we, you know, she, she doesn't think about stuff like habits the way I do or obsessively like I do. Um, and sure enough, a day hits and I'm like, I'm never going to chew my fingernails again. And I never have since. And that's well over a year ago now. And it's like, that's a small example, but is reflective of all these other things, whether it's like the person that wants to change their body image or their belief about who they are, or whatever, like you have to get to this bottom, this, this like tipping point of a habit or a belief where you say, okay, that's the old me. This is the new me because that person who changes their decides they're going to change their body image and they're surrounded by the negative people. Well, now the lens that they're seeing the world through, they'll see those people and they'll go, okay, now I can recognize that that person's not good for me. And so I'm going to go and go ahead and change that situation. But you can't, I don't, I don't think you can see that until you hit this point where you're like, it's done. Like it's over. And you got to allow yourself to, to get there. I really like that. Well, and also, do you now keep a necklace with a locket of a fingernail in it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just look at my fingernails and enjoy seeing them not bleeding. Well, I love that 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 point too because when I I, I noticed earlier today you were earlier today, your and it's because I haven't cut my nails. Yeah, and when I haven't cut my nails, they start to dry, yeah. and then I'm like, oh no, I'm getting that habit back again. Yeah. And it starts freaking me out because when I was younger, um, I remember in sixth grade or somewhere like somewhere between sixth and eighth grade, my mom. Because she she hates watching people. My, I have four brothers and like a couple of us bit our nails. She just couldn't stand watching yeah, it. Yeah. So she got the um, nail polish that's clear yep. nail polish. So you, you okay? Oh, so yeah. you know this too. Oh yeah. And you so you put it on and it like burns your tongue at, when you go to bite your nails. And I just got to a point where I was like, because you can't force a habit change, especially if you're forcing it on someone else. Yeah. Uh, if they don't want to change, they're not going to change. And so I I just started going like. Oh, I kind of like the taste. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, I, I like mentally switched it from a bad thing to like, this is uh, like a eating big red gum or something like that. Yeah. And just, because <laughs> I was like, I just could not stop doing it and it was painful. So I had to change how I viewed that pain in yeah. order to just continue through the day and get, get to the next class. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many carpets in this country have finger like, Oh, think about, think about, the, like, think about, like, uh, in all the buildings in the world, 
How many floors and carpets they are vacuum. filled with fingernails? They vacuum their cleaning crews. So <laughs> How many friends' apartments have you been into and where you've deposited your fingernails? Uh, <laughs> my my yes. second apartment in college, my roommate just pulls just out a bowl. behind the, the couch. Like, <laughs> no, he pulls out a bowl in the living room and just starts clipping his nails. Oh, the worst. I was worst. like, I was like living room? No! <laughs> I'm guilty of doing that in college as well. Oh, I, no, 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 no. I didn't even put a bowl. I just put my foot on the coffee table oh, and just started, that's the worst. Just started clipping my toenails. My roommate's like, what the fuck are you doing? No, dude, <laughs> you gotta have a trash can at least. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I was right. <laughs> I'm just saying I did it. <laughs> That's awesome. um, what I did like that you said, though, is that you were like, you told your wife, know that it's a habit and it will change. Yeah. I've never thought about that before. The fact that so much of what we do actually is just a, a routine or a habit. And yeah. It's just a matter of like, well, not just a matter, but the, probably the first step is recognizing it's a habit and it could be something as small as fingernails or as like, you know, like for instance, um, like what I've kind of done in my life now is I try very hard to not look at email in the first, like at least hour, usually up to two hours of my day Yeah, because the convert, the, uh, the opposite of that was it essentially was a habit that every day I would wake up and even before getting out of bed, I would like, you know, roll over, look at the phone and like, see, oh, okay, yeah. all these people are emailing me. Totally. Okay. And I was like, I don't want to be, and this actually came from listening to Matt Wilson's podcast, his live different podcast. Um, I can't remember who he was talking with, but they were talking about like systems and that kind of stuff. Um, but in listening to that, I was like, I don't want to be reactive to start my day anymore. I want to be proactive to start my day. Yeah. Like, do like whatever, like creation your morning. Me. Exactly. Whatever yeah. I need to create first, like that, or whatever I need to create for the day, I want to like create first before anything else. And then that even went, so then I went from like no email and then I put my phone on do not disturb mode. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because like him and I were like communicating with one another um, for so long on just like through Gchat messages. And these things that probably could have been resolved in seconds would take hours because you can only convey so much in a Gchat message. Then someone walks away, you don't know what's happening yeah. and all this stuff. So, yeah, because their phone is still hooked up, but they're not getting the messages anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think what's, what's been nice is it's a little bit different now that we're on this road trip and, you know, it's like the schedules are just crazy altogether. But what's been nice is like the trickle-down effect of that. So it's like, okay, no email to start the day, then the no, you know, text messages or anything like that either. But then that leads to like, you're going to, Martin, you're going to call me if it's actually important versus like, it's like, it's so easy to bother other people with my new things. Yeah. Like, and I've done it to you too. Like, like, Hey, where do we have our low company logo safe? And you're like, you've asked me that a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the same place For, that it's all. Exactly. <laughs> but, no, but I'll be like, I'll be like, Hey, it's not in that folder. You're like, I think we've had this conversation before. <laughs> totally. And then like, so, but like with even just cutting off, like, you know, the G chat and all that stuff in the morning. I was, there was a day where I was like, I need the logo. And I was like, wait, okay, I can't message Martin right now because I'm not going to do that. I'm, sure I'm going to find this logo on my own. And lo and behold, I found it. And I was like, okay, you now are, I'm going to save it in a place where I can find it every time. You are empowered to go find the logo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's important, though, or that's interesting that it's, it's, it really is so much of what we do is just, it's a habit. It's either a good habit or a bad habit. Yeah. And if you recognize that it's a habit, then yes, it can yeah. be changed. Yeah. And the goal is not, like, none of our goals should be to be perfect, right? And that's why, like, it never bothered me that 
like it bothered me that I bit my nails, especially because that I did it so long. But it's why I would have that kind of conversation. Be like, it's a habit. Like, yeah, I would like to not do it, but like I haven't hit the point where I'm going to mentally flip a switch and not do it anymore. It will come, but um, and that's we most of most of us stress ourselves out so much because we're like, I got to change. I got to change now because I got to be perfect. But it's like that's just not how we operate. So it's if we like spend our time focusing on the areas of ourselves that we're really good at and we're improving at and and we don't let the little things that we want to change like it's like the the you know having an argument with a coworker at work and all of a sudden that ruins your whole day. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept, right? If we focus on this stuff instead of improving this stuff or, yeah. or celebrating the good things we're doing. Well, and that's probably why, too, you mentioned, like, you don't have to think about, oh, I need to change. Like, that's probably why a lot of New Year's resolutions don't stick, right? Because yeah, the, the, the going-in mindset is, I'm going to lose 40 pounds this year, right? Yeah. And it's like, you got to lose that first pound before you can lose the next yeah. 39. And Your it's New like, Year's resolution should be making being out of shape so painfully to you that yeah. you literally make a life change mm-hmm. sometime within the year, not like January 1st right. comes and because the calendar switched, you're good. Make it painful enough that you have to change. Yeah. It's yeah. like I remember what got me to stop biting my nails finally. It was I had a friend who really, really was bad and like had gotten it down to like mm. the nub level. Ugh. And uh I was hanging out with some of the girls in high school and they were like, Oh my god, those fingers and they like went on this whole thing about it and I was like Oh Jesus! <laughs> I have yeah. to stop now before it gets too bad. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the no no nail polish with uh, spicy <laughs> flavorings would ever amount to that. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but no, I like the idea of having like some sort of like you can and you can influence that. You can make the things that you want to change harder. And um, and I think one of the hard things like people say, I want to wake up earlier, so I want to wake up at five a.m. every day. And if they don't wake up at five a.m. or they sleep in, they beat themselves up. Yeah. So it's a double whammy. You've got not only did you not achieve the goal, now you're going to spend the whole day thinking about how you didn't achieve the goal. Yeah. Instead of shrugging and being like, okay, well tomorrow's another try. Yeah. Um, I did that with journaling for a while, and I realized it was I would get met, like mad at the person that invited me out the night before because I didn't wake up to journal. I'm like, that's such a ridiculous thing. You had a good time last night. Like, you're now negating the good times and making the day worse and yeah. also not accomplishing the goal. Yeah. It's, so you gotta yeah, like, it's like the trickle down in the negative effect, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you've got to, like, not only set these goals and want these things, but also not take them as so yeah. seriously that it ruins anything else. Yeah. And so there needs to be a book on that. Like, your, your goals aren't actually your goals. Like, we invent these goals that we think are our goals, but. In reality, our real goals will surface to the top because mm-hmm. we think we control all this stuff, and we, we do, but um, we spend so much time focusing on stuff we're not actually ready to go change yet. Well, and, yeah, and I, do you think, though, it has to be like a rock bottom you have to hit? In order for something to happen. No, and I, I use that term just to... And, and again, it's like it's relative, right? It's right. Like, you know, you're in a pit of despair and you have no money. But. Yeah, a tipping point is probably a better analogy okay. than, a, than a rock bottom. But it's... Um, there is a... I mean, we all know when we change something, a habit, a mindset, whatever it is, there is a, there is a 
legitimate mental shift that goes on and you are a different person because of that mental shift. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's that tipping point we have to come to. Like I could, that person that wants to wake up at 5 a.m., they could, you know, every day tell themselves tomorrow's the day that they're going to wake up at 5 a.m. and let's go do this. But that's, that's like, it's false hope because until that internal shift happens where you're like, I'm actually a different person now. I'm going to go wake up at 5 a.m. because the new person that I am wakes up at 5 a.m. Well, and and that, a lot of, that whole new person thing is having a reason, right? Yeah. Like, there's tons of things that we'll try to do, but they don't stick because we don't have a reason to do them. Yeah. Um, But it's something that sounds like it's something we should do. Yeah. Yeah, it's like someone told, and that goes back to what are your beliefs? It's all things other people told you, so... You read Tim Ferriss's book, as you mentioned earlier, it's like, yeah, it'll inspire you to go do a whole lot of things. Like, uh, Tim, Fer- Tim Ferriss's book inspired me to automate my business that I don't have yet. And like, <laughs> suddenly I'm reading about automation and I haven't even come up with an idea. And like that, that whole thing, it's like, where is the purpose? What is the thing you're working on? What are you working toward? Um, and I think kind of the building the lifestyle part of this. So shaping your reality and understanding the lifestyle you want to live matters so much. In the past just couple of days, we've been in Chicago, in Kansas City, and in Denver, all pretty drastically different from each other. That's pretty, um, actually, I didn't think about that. It's pretty cool, though. We've been in three cities in the last three days, yeah, four days. Yeah, and <laughs> modern jet setters. <laughs> and, and I've just, my favorite part of it so far has just been seeing how the people walking around the streets are different. Like, here... Very different vibe walking around the streets than in, you know, downtown Chicago. And, sure. and I, I just, knowing how much that, your location and your lifestyle and what you're trying to build, and people won't understand it. They're going to push back on you and question it. And if you don't know why, like, if someone says, I want to move to, um, as we're going to, move to Costa Rica. Well, why are you moving to Costa Rica? Is it because you just think it sounds cool or is it because... You want to live a certain lifestyle for yeah. those months. Yeah, I totally get it. We, we, my now wife, then girlfriend, and I lived in Dallas for a few years prior to Denver. And um, no offense to anyone listening that lives in Dallas, <laughs> but um, I could not get away from anxiety there. And <laughs> it was as much as I would do yoga or try to change my mindset, whatever it is. That city was too much of a barrier to my happiness um, at that time in my life. And so because it's claustrophobic, it's sort of a different mentality about like what you pursue. It just we did not align. Um, and changing that environment by moving to Denver, it was night and day the day I moved here, simply from a new environment. Mm-hmm. And all that anxiety melted away. It was a, renew, a rejuvenated sense of finding that person that I knew I could go be whatever I wanted to be, where that mentality just was, it was not accepted in Dallas. You um, followed one of a few paths, whether it was commercial real estate or whatever it was to yeah. chase money. And um, it was just so misaligned that once I get, came here, it was a different world, which is like, you're talking about moving to Costa Rica. It aligns with, with the, with the life you guys are trying to build. Yeah. It's not, you guys aren't going to be freaking drinking, yeah. <laughs> you know, daiquiris on the beach right. all day. 
No, we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing workouts with you on the beach. Yeah, that's right. We'll <laughs> definitely be doing there. that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It's it really is. Um, it is about the lifestyle, right? It's not just about like what's this temporary moment and that's it. It's like how does this influence or impact what I'm trying to accomplish later on, or either immediately or later on. Yeah, because it's a full reality you're trying to build. Yeah, and you can't just say like it, it's like trying to be. I don't know. Someone was talking about being a vegetarian in like a place that glorified barbecue. It's just like yeah. that's not exactly the easiest or best. Or unless you're just like a lifelong contrarian, because there are people who are sure that thrive on like right. being just that, having like, the opposite of creating that that's friction. True. Yeah. Well, and that's why each person's lifestyle needs to be specific. Like you right. can't just say well, this was the lifestyle of my parents or this is the lifestyle of um, what everyone who went to my college ended up doing you have to really take the time as yeah. you know treat i mean you obviously have and you're doing with meditation to like well what is it what is the lifestyle not just some movie idea like i watched a lawyer movie and i want to be a lawyer that's yeah that's not how it plays out <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i like yeah. not to talk about tim ferris's book again before our work week but i feel like that li- that book affected so many people that it's valuable to talk about but um one of the things, like after I read that, you know, you get that raw, raw sense of like, I'm going to go do this and this and this. And anyone that's read that book knows that it's not actually about working four hours a week. Um, but it created this whole world of like, you know, laptop lifestyle entrepreneurs that want to be, they pictured themselves like working from their laptop on the beach for like five hours a week. And I got kind of sucked into that. And I, it took like asking those really like reflective questions of what my actual goals were to come to the conclusion. I'm like, that's not actually what I want at all. I just want the freedom of place to be wherever I want to be, which is very, very different from building a lifestyle to be able to like, uh, you know, work five hours a week on the beach. And so, but having that, coming to that realization, it changes everything because it changes what work you pursue or the skills you try to build or whatever it is. And so, you know, to the people that are like succeeding at, at that whole world, which I think they're probably few and far between, but yeah, more prior to them. You but can I rent mean, a boat and look like a badass. And yeah. Then. I mean, work is so fulfilling. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the only part as you were talking about that, what I was thinking was, like, I love what we're doing so much with Ideal. I'm like, I would be really pissed if I only worked on it five hours a week. Totally. Like, I You're love probably, putting in I, many hours I into it. I quit my job so I can work on it more. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. And who would want to work on a beach? It's hot. It's sandy. <laughs> I get sunburned. I get sunburned. I don't even like going to the beach in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll run on the beach front. I don't want to touch the sand. And, like, no, but I, I do think that it is taking that step back. Because I saw an, an Instagram person followed us today, right? And I, it was, like lady money or something like that right where she sells likes or it's probably a dude Stone who has a picture of a chick yeah. yeah a dude has a picture of a chick on there and he's like trying to buy likes and he says I work one hour a week um go to the beach every day and I'm a millionaire and I was like what world does that <laughs> there's no possible way that's true not to mention you might have okay well, continue I well and I'm like it, it's just and, and there's this whole mindset of people only do it for the money. And no, you do it for the lifestyle that comes with whatever that career is. And if you want to 
work in fitness as you have, you're, you have a lifestyle based around fitness. Yeah. So of course you're going to make your work about fitness and then it keeps building on itself. Yeah. And if your work and your life match, then everything accentuates and, and accelerates. Yeah. Well, actually on what you just said there, so I just had a conversation with my cousin who's going to college, like she's going to her first year of college pretty soon. Um, I think probably this week or next week. Um, and you know, I was, I just kind of was like wanted to get a feel for like what her thoughts were and all that stuff and what goals she has. And she's like, you know, going to go into the business school at, at her college and all this stuff. I was like, Oh, like, what do you think you want to do with that? And she was like, yeah, I think I want to go into finance. Um, like there's a lot of money in that. And like, I, you know, I really like to make a lot of money. And I was like, okay, why do you want to make a lot of money? Um, and you know, part of it was like, you know, to be able to repay like college loans and that kind of stuff. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot beyond that. And I sure. was like, okay, like I'm not telling you don't make money. Like, yes, make money is good. Don't just try to be a starving artist. Yeah. But the, like, I was like, you're gonna have us make six figures. If it's not fulfilling work, you're gonna be really, you're gonna burn out on that very quickly. And, I, and I'm sure you guys know like that statistic of it's like you make up to $75,000 a year. Like happiness correlates sure. positively up to 75 grand a year and then flat lines after that. Yeah. And I was trying to tell her, I was like, yeah, like go for the money. Great. But the money is a result of going after something that you really, really care about. Because yeah. I was like, I've been there where I've been working a well-paying job, but it just wasn't fulfilling me. And I was like crawling in my skin because I wanted to be doing something else. Because what happens if you're, I was like, you know, like all these consultants or whatever, they make all this money and many of them, okay, you make $150,000 a year, whatever it is, but you're working 120 hours a week and you like, wait, where are you spending this money? Like this, you're just accruing and accruing, but what are you doing with it? Do you have a life that you actually enjoy? And some of them do, many of them don't. And what I was trying to tell her was build, and we, we, I think I put this on like Facebook or something, but like the idea is that I'm trying to impart is build a lifestyle around what you love yeah. and fit everything else in where you can. Yeah, Don't totally. do the opposite of fitting in what you love where you can yeah. and building your lifestyle around like, you know, the nonsense or the noise. There's a great uh, kind of fable, I guess you'd say, that outlines this pretty well. And it's, um, I'll, I'll probably butcher it, but it's basically there's this, this Mexican fisherman and... Um, he takes tourists out to go fish every day and they pay him a little bit of money, whatever, and, and that's how he feeds his family and survives. And this wealthy businessman comes down and takes him out on his boat, takes him fishing, and uh, and while they're on the boat, the, the businessman's like, you know, so why do you, why do, you do this? And he's like, oh, because I, I love what I do. I get to be out on the water. I make enough money to feed my family. I catch some extra fish so I can feed my neighbors. And I get to go home in the evening and have a glass of wine and enjoy time with my family. He's like, great, but um, why don't you take some of the money that you're making from this and invest it in another boat? Like, and then you can make more money and invest it. And by, by the end, you could have this whole fleet of boats in this big business and you could sell your your fishing business. And the guys, the Mexican fisherman's like, why would I do that? He's like, because then you could sell your company and you could go fish during the day and then you could go relax <laughs> at night with your family and you could have enough 
food or wine <laughs> or whatever to feed your friends. And it's just this, this perfect picture of like what we're talking about, yeah. which is like someone that has built their ideal lifestyle. Right, and totally. we think that you got to go buy that. Yeah. But it's not true. And then even with that, right. It's like, Everyone has a different ideal lifestyle. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, like, no, we, we should ne- like never bash. It's like the guy we're kind of bashing on. It's like laptop, whatever, working five hours a week. If that's their jam, then more power to them. If they like making affiliate sales and literally working five, ten hours a week from a beach, then that is awesome because they've chosen that. Right. But to your, yeah, what you're talking about, like it, it is your choice of what you that's, want. Right. It, it's a choice at the end of the day. It's not... This is where I don't do the universe thing, right? You yeah. have a choice. Like your bracelet says, be somebody, I think. Right? Yeah. Like that's what it is. It's like you have a choice to be somebody. Yeah. You can either be a nobody or you can be a somebody. Yeah. And it's what's that somebody that you want to be. Yeah. yeah Which if you guys are going to Austin at all, you should connect with these guys. Oh, yeah. All right, sweet. Connect you with me. Yeah, because I have, I have a friend who's, um, what they enjoy doing is taking things that, would normally not be seen as like sexy careers and making them into successful businesses. And so uh, they sent me an article recently about this guy who bought a failing blog and turned it around into this like multi-million dollar business. And like that, this guy's like my hero, which is kind of very different from us, which is like, you know, start with your passions and build things around it. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the idea is less about finding your necessarily your passion. Um, it's knowing your passions and Build and knowing the lifestyle that goes along with them. And so before choosing any career, because what I think they don't really tell you when you're in college or anything like that is what those careers lifestyles are like. So when what kind of kicked off our going down this path of creating our company and building it the way we have uh, started with us coaching a few folks who explained to us how their lives have sort of had to be radically changed late late in their path. So they're in their 40s, and they lose their job, and they have mm-hmm. to start from scratch over again. Yeah. And I would sit and listen to them, and they would talk about how, well, I went into this career with an idea that it would be this way, and then I found out that, oh, that's not actually what that lifestyle was. What I was sold is that you'll be having huge parties and all this crazy stuff in advertising maybe or whatever it is, yeah. but really it's just not turned out that way and I don't have time to spend with my family and so on and so forth and um, kind of seeing how they started with this fake story that once they realized what the true story was had to completely re-change everything in their entire life whereas if you go out and you talk to these people early on you can find out what the real stories are for each of these career paths and you can figure out which one is the one you want to it's kind of the Mario Kart thing you said which path are you jumping into so they're all good races, right? Every race is a potential option. Which one, which to cart... To clarify, when we say races, we mean like, like <laughs> race courses. No, race courses. Sorry, I was making a Mario Kart reference. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so in, in the case of my friend, he's never going to sit down and say, I really love fitness. I'm going to go create a fitness company. Yeah. He's going to say, I like taking something that's nothing and turning it into something. And that might be this widget yeah. or this, you know cherry core like machine that he's yeah. gonna like blow up or something and like those kinds of things make him focused and interested in every day trying to build this stuff yeah, yeah. well and with that too um i think 
it is kind of a myth. I mean, you said like where we started was like focus on your passions and build around that. And then you backtracked off of that and explained. But what's important is more like the backtrack explanation is it's not about building it around your passions. Right. And we'll be at General Assembly on September 24th. Cheap plug. <laughs> I think it's a free event. Right. Uh, we'll be there in Chicago talking about building a career out of your passions. But a lot of it is that like passions come and go. Right. Like I used to be a diehard Cubs fan. I was passionate about the Cubs. I don't yeah. give a shit about baseball anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, cease to exist now that I don't have the Cubs in my life every day. Yeah. It's not about, like, the passion. It's about what's the be core belief and the core mission and, like, what do I really care about? And then it's, like, what passion aligns with that or what can I find that aligns with that? Totally. So, like, for you, like, while fitness is a key part of your life, I'm going to guess it's more of, like, the output of a deeper-rooted, like, just belief in, in something more than that. I don't know what because I don't yeah. know well enough. Sure. But, but fitness is an avenue you've explored because right. of a deeper rooted cause. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you guys are touching on something I care a lot about, which is this, um, this over and misuse of the word passion and mm -hmm. how it's not, that's we're we're using the wrong word, um, entirely, which, um, and yeah, like for the fitness stuff, like I see it more as like, what are the, incremental what are the levers that i can pull that can increment incrementally make a positive impact on the world mm -hmm. one of those just happens to be that i know people in this world more than ever need to get moving because of the lifestyle we've we've accepted as status quo mm -hmm. um and so it is not a passion about fitness per se it's just a genuine belief that um to impact a whole lot of people positively this is a lever i can pull to do it mm -hmm. um, and it happens to be in fitness but. yeah well and that shows really well in what you actually built which is the app that i used it removes barriers sure. to the fitness so like a lot of people will put barriers up to fitness well you want to get in shape you have to buy the bowflex and you have to get a shift and you have to bowflex, assemble it yeah, yeah right <laughs> Or like you have to buy 700 gadgets that fill up your house and then you have to buy a new room at your house to make it into a fitness room. Yeah. And like, it, it's all these things that just make it that much harder. I remember when I was doing cycling in college, it, it would drive me crazy because every day I'd have to get up, I'd have to get the shoes, I'd have to get the yeah. pack, I'd have to make sure if I get a flat, I can replace it and like put the tights on and then pack everything for class. And it was just so cumbersome that when I started running, I was just like, put shoes on, yeah. go for a run. It made everything so much simpler and easier, and I would do it because the best, as we're going to keep going back to him, Ferris, but the best thing to do is <laughs> the, the best exercise for you is the one you'll actually go out and right. do. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and with that, it's like, what you're describing there, it's like, find that path of least resistance, right? So like what you did was create an app that gave, that broke down the barriers, you said, right? It created a, the least resistant path. For people like I, the gym I was paying membership to every month was too long of a walk and like too ridiculous to drive to. So I like meaning like it's like oh I, I should I'd feel guilty if I drove there kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But I'm like but it's too far to walk, so I ended up never going. Yeah. Right. Even though I'm paying whatever it was 40, 50 bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't have any equipment in my home, so I'm like okay I can't work out at home and I like I like my back's hurt my back hurts so I don't like running. Yeah. Uh, so then I found your app, which is which it's is called Body Fit, but you guys have taken it off the app store or it's not live yeah. anymore. Right? Yeah, we removed Gen One because we're putting all of our focus on building out Gen Two. Yeah. Instead of 
all the customer service and technical stuff that comes along with running an app. Sure, sure. So, but like with that, it was, oh, okay, here's a, I don't need any weights. Yeah. I can do this in the hallway of my apartment yeah. or the living room of my apartment. Yeah. Maybe there's like one day I have to go like to the back alley because I need to do like a 25 meter sprint or something. But for the most part, yeah. it's stuff I could just do in my living room with like a chair if I needed tricep dips or whatever. Yeah. And that created like the love that you said, getting people moving, right? That got me moving. Yeah. It wasn't that you were at your deepest core, you were like, I need to make an app. Yeah. Right? No. no, it's I need to get people more. I need to get people moving. Yeah. This is a way in which I can do that. Same yeah. thing like when like the personal branding work we'll do with people and helping them get their projects off the ground and ideas off the ground. First thing everyone will say to us is, yeah, you know, I know I, I know, I got to get started. I, I really got to get my website going. And we're like, what will having a website accomplish for you? And I don't know why, it's, but it's a place for no one to go. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like if it, Right, is that like yeah. the tree falls in a forest? Yeah. Same thing. It's if a you build a website, no traffic I have and yeah. no followers yeah. to yeah. look at my stuff. But it, it, like, you feel like you're doing something. Same thing with like, oh, well, I bought the gear, I, I bought the spandex, so I must be in shape yeah. or I must be working out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> paid twelve hundred dollars for a bike, so I feel like I've done it. Right, my dude, I legitimately paid two thousand dollars to get all kitted up when I graduated college. Wow. I rode that damn thing like three times and sold <laughs> yep. it. I was like. This is not for me. That was a, I was a different person when I was 22, though, as we all were. <laughs> yeah. What's but, changed? Um, heavy evaluation of how the world operates. And I don't think I... My, so my best buddy in the world, my uh, business partner in college and best friend from high school. And, um, you know, we were, we were those best friends that, like, on the phone five times a day type, type of friend. Um, he passed away the night of my college graduation party. And so really since that moment, um, I had never really asked myself the, self the tough questions prior to that moment. But, um, you know, sometimes that like tragedy is really good at forcing your hand and making you answer to some of those tough questions. And so, but yeah, that's, that's when... That was another rock bottom moment though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I don't... I don't know if you guys have ever lost anyone close, but when it when it happens, you this like I use this term a lot, but this veil is removed from our own finite lives, mm -hmm. and we actually realize that um, not only is death inevitable, but it could be sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really, really good realization to come to because it entirely changes or hopefully it entirely changes the way you approach life. Um, and not from like a, it's another thing that's been blown away out of proportion to like live every day like it's your last. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> great. I sure still hope to God I don't die tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. We can tell ourselves stories, but only to a point. <laughs> yeah. If anything, it should change like your appreciation and your, um, your clarity around like what you want to actually do. Cause it's like, okay, well there, there is a, a chance that I die tomorrow, next year, next decade, whatever it is. So that being said, that being the reality, like what is it that I want to do? Because mm -hmm. I'm not actually going to live forever. And all of this does matter. Yeah. And it might not, maybe might not matter a hundred years from now, but it matters for the people that I'm going to impact and, the time I have left and it matters for the little ripples I can create while I'm here. And, um, 
Yeah, so that was a, that was a big turning point for me. Yeah, was yeah. That first. Wow. I kind of like the the flip of the question too. So it's like a lot of people say like uh, live your life as if you're going to die tomorrow, and then I've heard the flip is what would you do if you knew you were going to live for like seven hundred years? I like that. Yeah, that's so that's so much better. Yeah, if you knew you were going to live <laughs> for seven hundred years and have like your physicality as you have today, uh, and yeah. it wouldn't change. Like how would if you, you were spend, talking everlasting? What would it? Have? Yeah. Not, not. You go infinite. build stuff you yeah. want to build. You yeah. go do stuff you want to do. Right. Yeah, because like the infinite, then you get to the whole like, like if you could never die, then you're like, well, now I'm gonna be a vampire <laughs> who like just sits and I, I don't want to deal with the world because everyone I know is gonna die all the time anyway. But if you just go into the like, you're gonna be along, around here for a long time. What are you gonna do with that long period of time just to like make it interesting for yourself? Yeah. I just love that question. Yeah. All right, so we need to wrap up. Before we do, um, Adam, where can our listeners find you? What are you working on? Um, yeah. What can you share with us? Yeah. Um, so I'll do a couple shameless plugs. We love the shameless um, plug. We've got, or I've got my first ever book was published in March. So it's called The Guy at the Bar, and it's on a lot of the deeper for lack of a better term like topics that we're talking about just uh and it's based on kind of a lot of my own personal stories but um it's it's available on amazon if you want to pick it up both paperback and ebook um i think it's a great book but uh and then we've got um a body fit fitness retreat coming up in November in partnership with under 30 experiences. So that's November 15th to 19th. We did our first ever fitness retreat this past winter and it was incredible and life changing on a lot of levels for a lot of people. So, um, would love to, uh, to have you check that out. If, if you want to get out of the, um, holiday slump a little bit around November. So, and then ideally we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to, like going back to changing your environment, if you want to see what it's like to live in an environment different than your day-to-day routines yeah. that you might want to break, definitely do one of these trips. Yeah, come be around inspiring people and get your body moving a few times a day and eat healthy food and relax over casual conversation and drinks about the the cooler parts of life to talk about. It's the, the spot to be. Right on. But, um, and then, yeah, be on the lookout for... Our next body fit app, we're uh, we're pretty dang excited about what we're building. So be on the lookout there, and then find me online um, at adamgriff.in. So that's my name, Adam Griffin, A D A M G R F or G R I F F dot I N, and then on Twitter at ideas don't work. Nice. It's kind of out of left field, but I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's all been my. Twitter handle since the beginning. Once I got sick of people coming up to me with ideas, nice. like ideas don't work. People do. Just nice. go do it. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and we'll link up to all that in the show notes. But body fit is B O D E E. Yeah. Yeah. There's no cool story behind that. No awesome old symbology symbolism. Electronic energy. In the movie, the uh, what movies ever go symbology. Symbolism is the word you're looking for. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Sounds familiar. Timmy Zoolander too. <laughs> uh, uh, it was the Irish brothers that murdered people. 
Oh, Boondock yes. Saints. Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. <laughs> Symbology. Anyways. But, nice. uh, yeah, B-O-D-E-E-F-I-T. That's a product of domain names not being available. <laughs> nice, nice. Pretty cool story. Nice. All right. But, so then, to, Before okay. we jump into the ending, I did have a question. You said something right at the beginning that you said our lives are lived between the years. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard that. Between quote. the ears. Oh, the between ears? the ears. No. The, oh, the ears. Yeah. Oh, I misheard you then. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I heard yeah, you. our lives are lived between our ears, which is um, that is my. There's a fundamental belief that I have about the way the world operates is that it operates between your ears, and that's almost it. Hmm. I like it. All right. That may end up being your answer to the question, but let's wrap up now with going around and giving our answers to the question. We'll start with Martin and work our way to you. So how do you shape your reality? I think you shape your reality by understanding that our reality is just stories that we tell ourselves. So if you continue to tell yourself a negative story and tell yourself that you can't do things or these things won't happen in your life, they won't. Uh, so change the story, make it a positive one, and that's how you shape a reality you want to live in. I like um, what we started talking about there towards the end about like death. Like, oh, I don't mean to be like morbid about it. God, no. Yeah. <laughs> but this, because that reminded me, the other thing I was talking to my cousin about, about that whole college conversation was, I told her, I was like, you know, I hope I live till whatever, a hundred. And I have tons of goals I still want to tackle. But to be honest, if I found out I was dying tomorrow, I would die knowing I am very happy with the way I lived my life. So, and that's come from what we said was the reverse question. Not if you find out you're going to die in a week or whatever, or you know, the live like you're dying thing. It's not that. It's let's say you're not ever dying. How will you live your life and live with yourself knowing that this is, it's this for the, for, from here on out? Yeah. It's the Wolverine approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yep. Um. <clears throat> so, how do you shape your reality? So, if I had to simplify it, I would say it boils down to inputs and outputs, and the inputs are the thoughts, conversations, relationships, television shows, articles we 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 read, websites we browse. Those are all these inputs that we allow into our brain. And we are controlling those inputs. We're controlling whether or not we accept them as part of our thinking or not. Um, and controlling the outputs, the stuff we're putting into the world, the energy we're putting into the world, the efforts we put into um, whatever it is we're trying to create. And so figuring out how to, to control those inputs and outputs more and more shapes a reality. Love it. Adam Griffin, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Okay, guys, that wrapped up our conversation with Adam Griffin. Adam, thank you for joining us and being part of the Denver wing of our epic six-week road trip. We continue on the road now into Wyoming, into the Grand Tetons and Lolo National Forest. We'll be back at you with our next podcast episode when we are in Seattle. Until then, be sure to follow along our road trip at idealemon.com, as well as follow us on Instagram and the Periscope app at idealemon. We'll check in with you in Seattle. Take care.